Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast with WHIO meteorologist McCall Rydags and Kirsty Zontini. Remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zontini. Our chief meteorologist, McCall Rydags, is out of town this week, and we miss her, but we will have her back for the next episode, so don't forget to stay tuned. Now, this week, you can see next to me, we have a special guest, and it is Tyler Stevenson from the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Ohio, in my opinion, fall in Ohio is one of my most favorite times. I think we just have such a beautiful season, even if we don't have the most perfect fall colors season or the leaves drop quickly doesn't matter because we always get fall color i learned recently just how many species of trees we have in ohio which makes sense why we get so many beautiful different colors and now that it's the beginning of october we're recording this it's october 8th you know we are really starting to get into some good fall color here in the miami valley and really whether you're here locally or maybe you're going to travel to the northern part of the state and do a little hiking or travel further south and maybe do some kayaking you know there's a lot of safe outdoor activities you can do with just your family and stay socially distant and uh, that's why i thought tyler would be really great to have on welcome back tyler you have been our od our fall leaf expert for I want to say this is the third podcast I think this may be year three yes I believe so and I, I'm very happy to join you again this year I, yeah. I enjoy these podcast sessions they're, they're great Awesome. Well, in the past, we've been able to be outside uh, or you've been in the studio, but this year is a little different. Obviously, we are doing a Zoom conference call. Uh, so whether you're listening to us or watching this video, you know, we are staying further apart. So let's talk a little bit first just about how has COVID impacted the Ohio Department of Natural Resources? What do you guys do and your resources every, you know, it's not just fall that you guys are out and about and doing your jobs. Um, so just quickly, what is it exactly you do for ODNR and then how has maybe your policies or your day-to-day -day job changed a little? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I'm the urban forestry program manager for ODNR um, and we have a, a network of six regional urban foresters around the state that provide assistance to municipalities in developing and enhancing their tree programs in their communities. Um, so we've been able to continue our services uh, whether it's been through Zoom meetings, going to tree commission meetings on, on Zoom or, or other platforms, um, or doing some site visits, uh, whether it's one-on-one -on -one with people, keeping the social distance, wearing masks, things like that. We've been able to continue our service with our, with our clients, with our communities throughout the state. So we've, we've been pretty consistent throughout the whole COVID thing. And along with the rest of ODNR, have been able to find their niches and the, the folks in, in the department have been able to... Um, meet the needs of of our state of our citizens through through different avenues we actually recently just had a month-long webinar series uh, we wow. typically do 
uh, in-person six regional urban forestry conferences throughout the state. We weren't able to do that this year. So we went all online with it and had a month long webinar series um, with 250 people showing up at every one. Uh, we had uh, presenters from around the country. That was, it was nice to be able to get you yeah. know, world-class presenters without having to worry about travel or anything like that. So that was a, a great benefit to the, the webinar series. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good so far. Um, we'll just uh, keep plugging away and keep, keep uh, going after our mission and in, in making sure that uh, our communities have the assistance they need in regards to their urban forestry programs. That's awesome. Explain a little bit if somebody is like urban forestry, what does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? Like what exactly are you doing with, with our different municipalities? Yeah, that, that's a, another good question. It's it's one of those words where people are like, urban forest. I don't see any forest in the urban area. Right. But if, when you think about it, every tree you see out of your office window or, or out of the trees in your front yard or your backyard or the trees lining your street mm -hmm. or in the park down the street, all those trees make up the urban forest. Okay. So when you look at a city from above, you can see that there's a canopy of trees covering a lot of the city. And that is so beneficial to urban inhabitants, everyone that lives in, in urban areas, having those trees filter pollutants out of the air, filter pollutants out of the, the soil and water, it, it's, it's important to have, a, to have those trees near us in urban environments to not only increase our health, but our, our mental, our physical health, and also our mental health as well. They're, they're just so important for that. And to properly manage them is, is the way to get the most benefits out of them. Right. So encouraging and helping and assisting communities to, to meet that management level, that, that proper management level of city trees, which are the ones that line the streets and in the parks, yeah. uh, is, is very important to our citizens. And, and we feel that it's a, it's a quality of life issue for us. So increasing the quality of life for, for all Ohioans is, is, is our mission for, for assisting our communities. I think your program is one of those, uh, it's like a sneaky one because most people don't think about the trees that are in our communities or the trees that cities pick to plant. And, you know, there is thought that goes into making sure you're putting the proper trees around different types of urban communities or trees that would give the most benefit maybe to your city. Um, and it doesn't have to be big cities, like, you know, some of our suburban cities as well also need trees and benefit from this. Um, we talked about this last year, but obviously we had the one year anniversary of the Memorial Day tornado outbreak. One of the big impacts was a huge loss to our tree canopy uh, in the Dayton area. Well, and really in any area that was hit by those tornadoes, but specifically Dayton. Um, has there been any updates? Have you guys been working towards or working with the cities to try to replant um, some of that canopy, you know, what can you give us in terms of any updates on, on that? Because that was one of those, we saw a lot of the homes that were destroyed, obviously families displaced and people, of course, are first in our thoughts, but our trees are important as well. And that was, you know, trees that were decades old that are in one night gone. Uh, yeah. So what update can you give us? Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a great point. You're obviously thinking about, you know, human life and, and mm -hmm. having shelter and all that. But once all that's all cleaned up, then you start looking at, wow, we lost all these trees. What are we going to do? Um, and a lot of that stuff was put into motion, you know, early, earlier in the year, late last year and earlier into this year. And then, you know, had a, a lot of spring planting set up with a yeah. lot of different partners and then COVID hit and it was like, well, <laughs> I guess we got to put this do? on hold because getting together a lot of volunteers yeah. to do that, it, especially when it first hit, it was definitely not something anyone was going to 
right risk, uh, yeah so a lot of it got postponed to this fall in and there's there's a few i think going on this fall but most of them are, are really looking at next spring and next fall to get into okay. planting um our southwest uh regional urban forester wendy van buren's working with uh five river metro parks um arbor day foundation okay oh, um uh, several uh, townships and local municipalities you you mentioned uh there's a lot of smaller towns and cities and suburbs around our big cities and that's that's our we work a lot with those communities our our bigger cities typically have staff they have a professional forester on staff um and they they know what they're doing they have planning and, and all the resources they need they still obviously uh come to our programs and our uh uh conferences things like that but our assistance a lot heavily deals with the smaller communities that just don't have the professional staff on hand and need our advice and our assistance to get their program up and running. You also mentioned, you know, the the decision of what tree to plant. Those are those are yeah. big decisions. And a lot of sometimes people don't think about that. Those are 50 to 100 year decisions. Right. You plant that tree in the ground. You just said we lost a 50 year old tree. If that if the right species was planted and it was properly cared for at a young age into early adulthood there, that tree can provide so many great benefits and have limited uh interference with infrastructure um limited uh you know getting getting the the qualities of that tree to match the site um having that that match up right is is very important so making that 50 to 100 year decision right at the start making that correct decision is, is the way to go um but as far as the recovery efforts we're, we're definitely working with um mid ohio uh regional uh valley mid the valley uh it's always hard to think of those the planning commission yeah <laughs> okay uh, we've been working with them um and, and just the the local partners there to to get uh planting programs in place and, and make those right decisions and get the trees uh in, into the hands of folks that need them yeah and you know what you're not alone when it comes to volunteers for replanting trees because mccall and I actually did a podcast um I think it was a couple episodes ago, but for the rebuilding of homes with Habitat and different, um, the uh, rebuilding organization that was specifically in Montgomery County, um, you know, they had volunteers set up and a lot of the volunteers were going to help build homes and they had to kind of put that back and uh, be very careful with who was working and how big groups were. So it's, yeah. you know, it was also just rebuilding people's houses as well that, um, you know, took a hit this winter and this spring because of what was going on with COVID, especially in the beginning as people were just trying to figure out what to do. So, yeah. you know, I'm not surprised there, uh, at least with the trees, it's good that, you know, if you put it back, I, I don't want to say it's not immediate, but you know, it's okay if we can like, just, we can hold off a little bit longer. Um, yeah, a couple seasons is not going to make yeah, much Yeah, it's not going to, right. So that's good though, that they are still at least in the books because I, I will be happy to see you know, more of our trees coming back into the environment. So for the trees that are already still standing, a lot of people want to know, and we've kind of talked about it because you, ODNR, you have a forester, especially one for Southwest Ohio. She's great. And she kind of released what she was thinking for this season. And we agree. I mean, as meteorologists, we of course can pay attention to what's going on uh, with our rainfall totals overall for a year. If we were in a drought in the summer, if we're abnormally cold, because that does play a part in our fall color. Um, let's go back to the basics. We talk about it every year, but I think every year it's one of those things where we review tornado warnings and we review why leaves change colors. So, you know, no matter the weather, this is something that happens every single season, no matter what. 
Let's start off with why do the leaves change colors? Yeah, it, like you said, this happens every season, no matter what, it's gonna happen. It's, uh, it's just the, as the daylight decreases, we move into the winter and, and the, the tilt of the earth gives us more, uh, more night hours as opposed to daylight hours mm -hmm. that triggers uh, a chemical reaction in the leaves uh, to prepare for winter. They, they can't hold those leaves full of water over winter. They'll freeze and rupture and, and they won't be able to uh, capture the resources that they pulled out of the soil and put into their leaves to build those leaves. They're efficient recyclers. They know that, no is a, is a term, but they right. are taking those nitrogen and phosphorus, those nutrients in their leaves and they're pulling them back into their branches and, and the twigs and branches to store for next year to push out new leaves in the spring. So in that process of pulling out those, uh, uh, those nutrients, chlorophyll is breaking down as well. And that's the, the green pigment we see all summer, okay. uh, the, the, the vibrant green. Underneath that chlorophyll, there are other pigments, the yellows and oranges, which are carotenoids. And those, those pigments are there all year anyway, but the green, there's just so much chlorophyll right. covers up those. So as that chlorophyll breaks down, you start seeing those oranges and yellows um, show up. The, the reds and the purples, those, those really vibrant colors, those are actually brought on by the fall with the shorter daylights and the, the, sh the amount of sugar in the leaves. Okay. So if we have a, you know, don't have a, any severe drought over the summer, we have a decent amount of rainfall in September and October, um, they have a, a, enough sugar still in their leaves and as, as those, the, the abscission layer, the layer between the, the leaf and the twig is starting to close off, those sugars are getting trapped in the leaves and it's producing anthocyanins, which is the, the reds and the purples. So those, those pigments really come out when we have years like this, um, where it's, it's just been a, a, a decent summer that hasn't right. been really severe drought or anything like that. So, so yeah. we should see our typical fall color. Uh, the, the yellows and oranges will always be there. Having those bright reds and purples, it, it's, it's prime for a year like that, definitely. We've had a little bit of dry spell here in right. September. September was very dry, but I heard you mention uh, earlier this morning about Hurricane Delta coming up mm -hmm. and, and us getting some of that rain into Saturday night and Sunday. That will help, you know, that'll yeah. re replenish the soil moisture for the trees and, and allow them to produce those anthocyanins uh, to get that bright red fall color. Yeah, I mean, we definitely still have time, um, yes. but I, that was very interesting because you know, the green is always there and so is the yellow and the orange, but the sugars, that that is a little more weather dependent on whether or not we can get those really, really beautiful fall colors. And of course, there's another thing too with the abscission layer, um, you know, once it does start developing, which of course naturally it will start to develop because the days are getting shorter, uh, but as it gets colder, if we have a lot of early frost, something like that, um, and then when we start to get windy, that's when we can, unfortunately, if we do get beautiful colors, we want them to stick around. So yes. we had a couple windy, um, we, this past Wednesday was very windy. We also had a stronger wind event last week and a couple of my friends were like, oh, all the leaves are going to come down. I said, well, to be honest, it's actually a little early. So I think you're fine. That, that abscission layer probably hasn't fully you know, they're not just hanging on by a twig at this point. It's early enough in fall that that wasn't a big problem. But now that we're starting to get into the middle and really the end of October, every time we have a stormy day or a really windy day, you, you're going to end up starting to see more of those leaves fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the ones that have fallen over the past week or so, um, those are 
some some of them are the the drought stress leaves the leaves yeah. that the trees just shedding off because they they need to maintain their moisture the, the the trees in the urban environments they're stressed because they're in compacted soils or they don't have the soil moisture or the soil volume they need right. uh, to to be their their to to reach their full potential so they show signs of stress which can show up as fall colors early mm -hmm. and then when you get a wind event those leaves are getting blown off but right. uh, yeah the the rain this weekend will help tremendously. Um, and, and I think that uh, as long as, we, like you said, as long as we don't get any hard frosts that, that really make that abscission layer right. form or, or heavy wind events that, that will knock off leaves, we should have a, a pretty, not only vibrant, but long longer. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I, I think it is. I mean, to be honest with everything going on this year, I, I'm a little relieved that we can at least have a beautiful fall color season. I think people are pretty stressed and being out in nature uh, is definitely a nice stress reliever. So let's yes. talk. I mean, obviously, Ohio, we are we are blessed in the Miami Valley in particular. We have a lot of state parks and that is where you're going to get the natural tree canopies and you're going to get the color and you're going to get the color that lasts because you made a great point and it's something even in my neighborhood you know, our, the trees that are planted here, the soil is just not the same as it is in an actual forest. So sure. we definitely have a ton of trees that have already started changing and that are already shedding their leaves. But for somebody who's like, well, I think the fall color season might be almost over. You know, what is it about our state parks and what is it about locally where people can go and really still see? I mean, they've got a whole month pretty much where they can get out and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's plenty of time. Um, this weekend, I mean, if you want to head north, there, there's there's definitely a lot of our our state parks and and uh, uh, state forests up north that have have already, you know, they're they're patchy to near peak. They're mm -hmm. getting there, so so heading north is is this is a good good weekend to do that. Um, there's uh, Finley State Park up there. There's um, um, Mommy State Forest. A um, lot, lot of great places to go up along the lakeshore this yeah. weekend. Uh, when you're getting starting to get in those near peak but like you said we still have you know the 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 week of the the 19th uh, you'll start getting near peak and then into the week of October 26th it, it should be in in Dayton area pretty cool. much peak fall color there um, and getting out to to the state parks there there's uh, Houston Woods uh, State Park uh, Sycamore State Park which we were at I think mm -hmm. a couple years ago yeah I think it's two years ago yeah um, John Bryan, Caesar Creek, all great parks. And, and a lot of these, these parks have, you know, obviously they have the campgrounds, they have cabins, some of them have lodges that you can go stay at and still, still maintain the social distancing, getting out on the hiking trails. You mentioned, you know, this has been a stressful year for a lot of people. Getting out into the forest where we all came from yeah. is just decreases your stress level so much. I, I talked about the, the, the mental uh, wellness that, that, urban trees provide us in, in our urban environment. Getting out into the forest is that tenfold, you know, getting, immersing yourself in the forest. They talk about forest bathing and things like that. That's something you can look up later, but it's, it's something that, that it's just, it's very good for our mental health, especially in these trying times with, with all that's going on. It's, it's definitely something to get out, um, go to our campgrounds, get up in a, in a, a, uh, fire tower at like Mohican to see fall foliage with the cool. birds. I mean, it's a great, great time to do that uh, toward the end of October here. Um, Five Rivers Metro Parks has a ton of parks to, to go see. Cincinnati Parks has Mount Airy Forest with that mm -hmm. beautiful everybody's tree house. It's a, it's a great place to go to. Um, 
just a lot of things. If you check out um, Ohio.org, the Ohio Find It Here website, mm -hmm. they have a, a website a page up there of a hundred things to do in Ohio this fall. And I just cool. I was scanning through them, and there's there's just a lot of great opportunities, and a lot of things to do outside, you know, that all fit within the the, the COVID nineteen protocols. Mm -hmm. And it's just a perfect time of year. It's a great weather we're having. Right. A little bit of rain doesn't hurt, but, uh, you know, yeah, just getting out into these nice, beautiful, sunny days like today. Today's a beautiful day out. Yeah, I actually mentioned that this morning, um, you know, because we, we've been getting into the upper 30s and then we've had these really sunny days. And I said that is great for color. That is great for producing good fall color. Um, so, yeah, I think we've, we're lucky. We're lucking out this year uh, in terms of being able to enjoy a really nice fall color season. Um, you know, and it's due. We've actually, you know, we had, a, I think it was maybe one or two years ago, we had a pretty severe drought. Um, and, you know, that stresses out the trees and that can change how quickly they want to shed their leaves. So, you know, it's kind of nice that we were, we've been a little dry, but not for the year overall, we are actually pretty close to normal with rainfall, which is, um, you know, a benefit to us. Let's talk a little bit just for people now, as we are, let's say, you know, we're starting to wrap up fall and at least in the neighborhoods, probably the next week or two, people will start to have to rake their leaves and such. Do you have any advice for homeowners in terms of how to care for the trees that are in their urban areas or in their urban communities when it comes to their shedding their leaves? Is there anything that they can do to kind of encourage the tree to stay healthier or maybe signs they could look for if they think their tree might be sick? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. I mentioned earlier that, you know, part of that process of fall color is the, the trees taking nutrients out of the leaves and storing them in their twigs and branches. Um, they don't capture all of it. Um, they only get about 50% 50, 50 of those nutrients. The rest actually fall to the ground. They're, they're the leaf litter on the ground. And in the forest setting, like you see behind me, that leaf litter layer builds up over time and decomposes over time and creates new soil, new oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich soil for tree roots to grow in. And it's if you walk in the forest, you can feel it. It's spongy, it's mm -hmm. thick. It, whereas in, in maybe in your front yard where you mow, every weekend and you have turf grass growing, that's a completely different environment for that tree compared to the forest. So my recommendation typically is if you can mulch your leaves into the, into the turf, that's yeah. the best way to do it. I know depending on the, the species of trees in your neighborhood, there might be way too many leaves to be able to mulch it all. But the, the more you can do that, return those nutrients to the soil for the trees, the better off they are. Or better yet is just having a large mulch ring around, not, not deep, but wide. So, so a large radius of a, a mulch ring and to, to provide that environment that trees normally get in the forest, that, that thick layer of, of decomposing organic matter is what you're looking for. Um, okay. But not having it piled up against the tree. We always talk about that you yeah. know, volcano mulching. We don't, we don't want to see that because that's bad having it up against the trunks of the trees. But having that, that nice two, three inch thick layer of mulch or leaf litter underneath the tree is very important to the, the tree's health, replenishing those nutrients in the soil. Um, it's just a, the best thing. As far as looking for signs of, we talked about signs of stress in trees, mm -hmm. maybe the fall color or dropping leaves. That is, those are signs of water stress or compacted soils. Um, hiring a certified arborist, ISA certified arborist is the way to go. They can come out to your house, diagnose the issues with your tree and, and suggest uh, uh, alternatives or, 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 or things to do to help improve the health. Um, simply mulching is, is a great way in watering your tree when, when we don't have a lot of rain. 
Those yeah. are two things that are really the simplest things that any homeowner can do. And, and, and it costs you nothing really, besides your water bill a little bit. But uh, if you get into the more diseases and, and other issues with structural issues and things like mm -hmm. that, hiring a certified arborist is the way to go and having them come out and assess the tree. All right, that's great. Um, well, I mean, I think we kind of covered it. Is there anything interesting or different maybe this fall? Well, you know what actually was interesting that I learned this fall that I never knew was how many species of trees we have. Do you want to touch on? I had no idea. I think that the forester, um, what I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now. Jamie, Jamie Regula. Jamie. Yeah. So Jamie, I'm pretty sure had posted that. Um, I think it's 120. 125. Yeah. So it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I've been here for Person. years and years. And I never knew. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when you start thinking about, I mean. You think about the oaks and the maples and, and the jet, the normal ones we think of, but even within the oaks, there mm -hmm. are you know several different species of oaks out there with the blacks and the reds and the whites, and 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 it's just it's it's a very diverse na native forest we have in Ohio. We are like you said, we are very lucky to have that and to have all those vibrant colors that come out in the fall. The trees that that those sugary trees, those maples and 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 uh, the ones that that provoke. Uh, get those vibrant reds out there. Um, yeah, that, that's very helpful compared to, you know, you go out west and, and maybe in like uh, Colorado where you just have a, a whole hillside of, of aspen. It's all just right. yellow. Same. We have that nice, you know, vibrant change. Or it, what I always say, I always love to see is uh, the evergreens as a backdrop to the bright, bright fall colors. And yeah. you know, just having all that different species diversity is, is so important for us here in Ohio. Yeah, well, yeah. we are definitely lucky. And it does sound like uh, talking to you and just looking at how our weather is going to be for the most part this month, that we will likely luck out and get to enjoy a good fall color season. It is October 8th, as I mentioned already, and most of our state parks are changing and that will just keep getting better. So, you know, of course, myself and the rest of our Storm Center 17, we will keep you updated on the forecast itself when it comes to any wind events that you may need to know about and a chance for heavy rainfall if we see that in the coming weeks. But hopefully you can get outside and enjoy the fall color, enjoy the state parks that we have and a lot of some of those um, activities you can do and stay socially distant and stay within the COVID guidelines, obviously. So we're lucky and thankful to have you, Tyler, out on our podcast for today. Uh, it was it was great to learn more. It always is fun to talk about fall color because, you know, like I said before, it's a fun season to be in Ohio during this time of year. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kirsty. I, I, it's always a pleasure on your podcast and, and I'm happy to do it every year. So thank you. Wonderful. Well, if you want to watch or listen to any more of our episodes, you can go to whio.com. We have our vodcast on our free WHIO streaming app for any smart TV. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher to listen to all of our past episodes. Uh, hopefully you can do that. And don't forget to rate and review. And Chief Meteorologist McCall Rydeg, she'll be back next episode with us as we continue to talk more about weather and science. So thank you so much for joining us. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.